Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. Yes, folks. Welcome to Script Shop. You're welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Yes, no. thank you. No, thank you. No. <laughs> no. It's you. You're no, the star. really. It's you. You're the star. Please, no pictures. <laughs> no pictures. I'm done. Thank Hi, you. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name's Jack. And I'm Allison. And this is our podcast where we thank you for listening. As we, we really do thank you, as silly as that was. Thank you so much for tuning in because we love sharing with you the stories of the writers that we are lucky to just traipse across in our own lives here. Um, People who have written screenplays about the things that they love, the things that matter to them, the things that they want to put out into the world. And then we get them on the show and we ask them those exact questions and that's the show. In case that's your first time, there's an excellent little recap right there. Uh, Our guest today, the person that we'll be talking to, is Serge Magnavox, who has written a script called Believe, Mm -hmm. which is a... It is a 15-page childlike wonder Christmas short, and I love Christmas in... At the time this comes out. You know why I'm bouncing up and down right now? You t- I, I do know. Why you don't know, you tell I'm, the you, listeners you know why, I'm excited? Why, why Jack is literally bouncing up and down on his chair right now? I'm really excited because so this script has Santa Claus in it. Yeah, and? And you know how we always, you know how we always mm, do? Santa. You, you know how we always do like a scene reading during the show mm-hmm. when we have the writer on? Mm-hmm, little Jack. So uh, in the, the scene that we're doing, yeah. it's got Santa Claus in it. Uh-huh. I'm going to get to read Santa Claus. Oh, Jack. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. Oh. I'm very excited about my that. My mom's... Uh, I can't say that because it might ruin Christmas for children. <laughs> Never mind. I'm uh, not going to say that. Moving right along. Yeah, right uh, along. If the internet isn't ruined for you yet in all the <laughs> horrible ways that people communicate with each other, mm-hmm. there are some good ways that you could communicate yes. with us. And we'd love to talk to you. And you can do that through Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Script Shop Show is what you want to look up on those platforms. And you can say things to us. And we'll say things back to you. We'll listen. We'll mm-hmm. respond. As good performers do, listen right. and respond. If you're interested in listening to us now and then responding in the way of a review, you're getting so good at segues. Can, I'm so proud I'm, of you. <laughs> I'm copying off of you, Jack. So I'm learning Twitter then segues. See what's going on here. What's next? The Who sky's knows? the limit. Who knows? Um, hot burritos. Yeah, sure. Okay, great. We could practice our hot burrito recipes. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were bringing that up as because you were about to say that you can submit your work to us and you can do that via scriptshopshow.com slash submit or the way uh, Serge got their work to us this time, uh, which is through Film Freeway. You look up Script Shop and you can send us your script that way. And I was going to say, though, leave us a, I was going to say, leave us a rating or a review. That's where my segue was going. But also, if you have a script and you want to get it, um, to us sooner rather than later. Hashtag hot burritos. Go back a couple of episodes to figure out where that comes from to put your script at the front of the line. So That's... thank you for listening. Um, we can't wait to see and read your work. It comes from a very poignant history in the show, clearly, and that's uh, something that we're just rolling with. I, mean, I I think it's bizarre and funny and wonderful. I know. You were so excited to introduce it as a thing. You were, like, <laughs> very taken with the moment. Uh, because I had the idea and you had the words, and teamwork that's is what right. brought them together, and that was what was the most exciting thing about that. Teamwork makes the hot burrito dream work, <laughs> if you will, and I wish you would. Dun, 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 dun. Let's make that into a song someday. <laughs>
<laughs> right? Yep. Uh, okay, so we that's everything, right? Yeah, oh, I'm ex- uh, Patreon, one other thing. Oh, yeah. If you got some buccarunos. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> or some buckeye and ninis. Yep, that's it too. Digitize them. Both real things. Look us up, script shop show, I think, on Patreon. I do believe. And uh, send those ronies our way, because we... <laughs> We want all the Ronies, to be honest with you. Um, we would love to have a little bit more support to expand the show. Thank you. We'll okay, let's talk to Serge. I'm we really excited about this. probably check in with Serge now that we've said all the weird incarnations of like currency and unis that we can think of. <laughs> Hi, Serge, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi there. Thank you. Welcome for the show. Thank you for having me. Did you just say welcome for the show? I did say welcome for the show because in my head as I was talking, I was going to say welcome to the show, but then I was also going to say thank, thank you, you for coming, coming on, on the, to show. the show. Yep. All right. Well, this is your show now. I'm out. Please don't leave. I can't do it. I can't do this alone. I would I would have Frank now. Serge, we're we're making this very much about us and for that that's that's very rude. We're it's just been a long day. Yeah, it's been a long day. So thank you for your patience, yes. Serge. Oh, you're good. You're you're great. Let's talk about you, though. You are calling us from Virginia, correct? Yes. When did you... You're from Egypt? Okay, explain to me how you go from Egypt to Virginia. What does this timeline look like? So I was actually born in Egypt, and I moved here around the middle school time. Wow. So half, I would like to consider half my life was there, half my life was here. So I've gotten a lot of that influence of uh, community and, um, you know, that sense of there. And once I moved here, a lot of things changed. Mm-hmm. Like and, on, you know, a, on a cultural level. That, yes, definitely on a cultural level, on a social level. And uh, definitely I moved around the States a little bit. And then I settled in Virginia in high school. So I've been around quite a lot. In terms of like being like, I don't, I don't like a little kid seems like a fairly decent way to describe that age when you were moving a, halfway around the world. What's that like for a kid? It matures you a little bit to kind of step back and be the observer. And this is why I ended up being a writer, because I'm seeing so much. I have to tell the world what I see. And that's kind of how I adopted into the attitude of being a writer is by experiencing a lot before, holding it all in, and then releasing it as writing later. Oh, wow. Is that a process that you still have where you go through an experience, hold on to it until you can't anymore? Or do you kind of deal with that like... um? mold it a little bit more as as at this point I started to mold it a little bit because I'm actually extroverted despite how quiet I am but it's (laughs) definitely good when you're experiencing things to step back a little bit and kind of take note of surroundings including people because there's always a hidden story there if you put your perspective just a little bit to the side Mm -hmm. which if you're being an international someone who's traveled internationally since they were a child that I would imagine the idea like you said being an observer that does sort of make you kind of step aside a little bit and see things from maybe an angle that people wouldn't necessarily see definitely definitely and that there's always a story to tell and if it's always just your story that's gonna get a little bit mundane and boring and one-sided but once you start to look into the little details of how other people perceive things and what impact that has on you there's definitely a lot to be said do you um do you guys still go back to egypt a little bit um last time i went was 2015 so three years ago yeah Mm -hmm. And that was after the revolution, so that was very, very interesting. Yeah, that was post-Arab Spring, right? Yes. You say it was very interesting. Could you elaborate on that some more? 
So when I went back to Egypt, I not only visited my hometown and my family, I told my family I want to go to Tahrir Square where the revolution happened wow. because I want to see it for myself. Yeah. And I was very surprised when I went. The energy of that revolution, the fight, the strife, the longing for freedom and the right to be heard was still imprinted in that physical location. And the the building in Tahrir Square is the Egyptian Museum and then a governmental building. And the government building was still burned down, left untouched as is, almost as if the Egyptians were like, this is a symbol of what we fought for. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, it was very powerful to see. And that, and that's just like the visual part of the of the powerfulness of that trip, let alone when you caught up with your family members and stuff who, who were there during it. That's That's a very unique perspective. Yeah, it was very, um, I don't want to say shocking because that's not the right term, but it was very different to be pulled out of the security of your home and then to be in another country where you grew up before. There's a language difference. There's a cultural difference. And of course, there is that difference of how to perceive freedom and moving forward with your life, especially when your country has been shaken up so much. Right. It's almost like you had that cultural shock twice in your life, moving from Egypt to the U.S. and then going back to visit and kind of like reconnecting with your homeland going, oh my gosh, I'm I'm different now than I was last time I was here. Definitely, definitely. But one of the things that never left is as soon as I landed back in Egypt, that feeling of home and belonging, it returned to me. So oh, nice. when I went back to the U.S., it was very strange because I felt like a foreigner returning to the U.S. and I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> You, man, you just have like such a strong connection to Egypt. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you think you would ever like move back to live there permanently? Unfortunately, no. I've matured a lot and um, I think it's best to just leave home as home mm-hmm. where the heart is mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, go back and try to make it what I remember it to be. Oh, gosh, that's a very mature. Like, very mature. Yeah. I don't think I've ever thought that. Now I'm going to take that and let it change me. <laughs> no, seriously, you yeah. know how much I love Texas. I do. It's it's not the same, though. Yeah. Well, that's the whole, the, I, I mean, that's that the old-timey phrase about you can never go home again because mm-hmm. it's not, because you, you, you know, if, you, if and when you do leave home, you grow and mature as a person, and home maybe stays the same. I mean, life goes on, but, like, you go back home, and you're not the same as you were, and it's, it's not what you remember it being because it, time's moved. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. I went back to my childhood home where I was born and seeing it covered in dust, I was like, wait a minute, has it always been that small? Yeah. So some things are just better left in the heart and memories and we just pick it up and we move on, make our home elsewhere and et cetera, et cetera. How how much of uh, themes and, and, and thoughts like this about cultural changes and having to adapt to new environments, how much does do themes like that find their way into your work? A lot, because I'm actually a science fiction slash spirit science writer. And if you've never heard of spirit science, that's a genre I'm actually trying to establish as a sister genre to science fiction. Okay, so what is what is spirit science then? Uh, Spirit science is basically, you know, concepts like chakras, reincarnation, astral projection, things like that. It would fall under science fiction. But however, I think it should be its own marker to find similar stories to similar experience is Okay, so not necessarily a, a religious, like, dogmatic element, but definitely something a little on the supernatural side. Definitely. We, ha- we haven't really universal definitions for these things, and I think if we make it 
a medium in film, people would recognize it more and start to point at the visuals. And then we would start recognizing it as an actual thing that could exist in a universal, you know, just like humanity is a universal language, this will be added to that universal language. Wow. Mm-hmm. You, this makes me think about um, the genre of writing in Spanish culture called magic realism, which doesn't really exist in English. We have fantasy, mm-hmm. but we don't really have magic realism, which is a very specific subset of writing. And in um, Spanish language is beautiful. Sure. I used to speak Spanish and I don't anymore, but mm-hmm. um, it, it's kind of where it's like similar, but it's pointedly different than the thing that it's most often associated with. So there's a lot of beauty lost when people can't kind of understand the distinction of it or understand some of the more nuance or ex- exploration of the genre itself. And they're, they're, they're like certain tropes of this uh, kind of writing that you're talking about? Well, with magic realism, I haven't studied it in years. There's elements of it that exist in like the English fantasy genre. Okay. And it, it becomes something else that exists in this other category of culture. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the spirit sciences genre comes out of kind of your background? Is something that's just kind of grown on you organically? I think that comes in for me just watching how people function. Sometimes there is no other way to explain things than based on human behavior. But when there's no depth what we experience as a collective, we have to start defining it somehow. Okay, and that would sort of explain the science element of what you're talking about as opposed to just, you know, any sort of other fantasy thing that would involve like ethereal, well, it's, you know, some sort of higher consciousness. You want to get into the science angle of it, too. Yeah, because what our experiences are also data. So yeah. why not? Yeah. Well, wow, what the heck's it like trying to create a genre and like establish like norms of that sort of thing? I think that's crazy. Amb- I don't mean I was going to say crazy ambitious. ambitious. It's very ambitious. Well, it is a little bit crazy. My first semester in my undergrad, where I told my production teacher, her name is Lisa Thrasher. I think she'll be very proud of me that I made it here right now. And um, she told me, you better copyright that because someone's going to steal it. And I was very, very honored to hear that. That's super cool. What So uh, what is it about script writing specifically? Because, I mean, if, if you do have like feelings that, you know, build up in you and you want to get out and put out into the world, what was it about screenwriting and scripts specifically that you sort of gravitate to as opposed to writing just say like a book well this is going to sound a little silly but i just couldn't believe that what i felt in my heart and what i thought was in my head is now available to hundreds of people or whoever has access to it yeah that is the best that's like equivalent to sharing a memory Mm -hmm. and if writing is the closest thing coming to sharing that much of humanity with other people i'm down for it I think that's the, maybe the sweetest thing that's ever been said on this Seriously, show. Seriously, you started saying that, and I just like grasped my heart and looked at. I love this person. <laughs> yeah, that is just beautiful. That's where very it's sweet. like you're literally creating this and then sharing that, and it's sharing a memory is gorgeous. <sighs> Speaking of that, let's talk about um, this short script, Believe, and uh, I just want to lay out kind of like what's happening in the script. Yeah, because this isn't really so much, uh, I wouldn't consider this Believe script to necessarily fit into this spirit science thing you're talking about. This is more about a grown-up meeting Santa Claus and sort of reconnecting with their lost youth, right? Yes, but it also has to do with humanity, because even in spirit science, humanity has to do with a large portion of the equation. 
Okay. That's how we experience things. So we better understand ourselves first before we start venturing into other realms. Can, I think. Can you talk a little bit more about how the idea of spirit sciences would be applied to believe? Andy kind of meets a person who she believes is Santa Claus. And the undertone of that, which was not direct in the script, but what if Santa Claus was actually a manifestation of a being who can help humanity, okay. but just manifests himself into something that humanity could universally understand? Oh, I didn't even think of that. that makes a lot of sense because so in the script, Andy is a uh, a police officer, and uh, she's come home like it's Christmas Eve. It's been a long day. Her family, who she's a little bit estranged from because they separated when she was a child, she doesn't really connect with them so much anymore, and uh, she doesn't really want to hang out with them for Christmas Eve. She's sort of over the whole thing. And oh, I I wrote down my favorite line from the script. Oh, Can sure. I read it? Yeah. Okay. So Andy calls her dad back. Because he, oh, yeah. it's Christmas Eve, and he, he called her and asked for the net, Netflix password. Right. And she calls him back, and on the message, uh, on the answering machine, she says, Hey, Dad, just calling about the Netflix password. Excuse my timing. The password is F-U-C-K, and then the word yourself, all caps, no spaces. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love that line so much. It's so good. Okay, Jack, continue. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> so she's sort of over the whole thing, as that little <laughs> Obviously. line would indicate. Uh, and then she kind of goes to bed and wakes up in the middle of the night. This is such a classic sort of tale of waking up and finding Santa in your house. And he's decorated her whole place. And she's a cop, so there's a lot of suspicion there. Because why would Santa actually be in your real-life IRL apartment? Right. And then, But it, by the end of the script, she, you come to find out that her mom, as she sort of has a phone call and reconnects with mom, mom mentions how she had been very, like, fervently praying for some sort of let's help get Andy in the Christmas spirit sort of intervention, right? Right. Yeah, she is definitely, she wishes she could be stronger for her daughter, but she's not. So she mm. is asking for the courage to be there for her when she knows she can't be. A weakness in her personality where she can't admit that to herself before anyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, there's some flashbacks where Andy sees her mom not really being there as what she wants a mother to be. Yeah. And, you know, hearing you talk about the fact that that's probably disappointing for the mother as well, it, mm-hmm. it leads me into, um, I noticed that the characters were very well developed. Your character dialogue was very well, it was it was very specific to who the characters are. And it just felt like you had these very, very thorough, thought out ideas about who these people are. And I wanted to ask what your process was for writing characters in your scripts. Well, for this script, it was actually very close to home because the title, Believe, this is something that my mom actually tells me whenever I'm most down. She would just say, let go, trust in life, believe. And the word believe just kept staying in me over and over whenever I'm down. So when it was time to write the script, I kind of just let go and I stepped back. And I actually had a dream about the concept. So when it was time for me to write it down, I kind of tugged on the word believe. And I felt each character as a different emotion and a sense. And that's how they came out. I know that sounds a little bit bizarre. No. But... um. When when it comes to writing characters, I personally don't think of I have to sit down and write this person's biography and flesh them out. I just think this is a person. And if this is that person, what have they gone through? What do they feel? And I let it all go on the page. 
How do you keep track of everybody? I don't know if that's a silly question, but it's like all these different people and needs and wants and outlooks. And do they just kind of organize themselves in your mind or do you have to organize them as you are writing? They kind of organize themselves because um, if you've ever seen the movie Cloud Atlas, Cloud Atlas yeah. talks about soul groups. And it's each little group that with the characters that are connected to each other. That's kind of how I see them in my stories. Okay, and that's a very complex set of relationships in that movie. So, wow, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for a short script or a long script or a novel, or it doesn't matter what I'm writing, that's how I see the characters. And that's why I stick to the stories very strongly, because it feels like I'm just watching people's lives in my head. And I write it down on paper and just share it with everyone else. Mm. There, So there are a few themes running in the script in addition to the idea of belief and, and, and even salvation to a certain extent by the end of it. There are some themes of feeling abandoned. And also one of the things I thought that was really interesting in the script was the idea of how feeling hurt, because by the time Andy's sort of worked mm-hmm. through a lot of her frustration of her childhood and how her parents have sort of moved on and started different families, they also – she comes to a realization that her being frustrated over all these years then sort of led her to push everybody away yeah the line where santa says basically these people are broken themselves and that's why they treat people accordingly victims create victims kind of like that i wanted to ask to um so there's like family drama in this and i'd say the short has a very big theme that goes around family drama does any of this other family drama did you create it just for the story I created it just for the story, but funny story, actually. Um, Your favorite line in the script about the Netflix password (laughs) actually happened, but was not with the Netflix password. Give me more. What happened? (laughs) Andy's reaction in the script was how I wish I reacted. Isn't that so nice when you get to write stories and tell the story the way you want to tell it? It doesn't have to play out the way that it worked out in real life because... Like nine times out of ten, when you're in the middle of a real situation, you're not going to react the way you wanted it to until you figure it out way later. It's kind of like an undo. And if I had a chance to live that moment over again, this is exactly how I would have done it. Mm -hmm. That's very juicy to be like, (laughs) go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I was was kind of hoping that the real life part of the story was how you came down the stairs one time and Santa Claus was there. That was <laughs> that was what I was hoping for, but okay, that's fine. That's cool. Jack loves Christmas. Just like the idea of, you know, I like the idea of Santa Claus in the same vein of, and we've talked about themes and issues as far as like superheroes and comics go, the idea of like a Superman type that's this guy that does a good thing just to do it because it's the right, it's a good thing to do and also, you know, romantic ideas about Christmas and how it, it uh, on such a cold, dark night in the year, like people can find hope and connection with each other. I, I love all of that stuff. And I grew up mm-hmm. with, with religious elements of it, too, that mean a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and the biggest part about Christmas is everyone wants to hope in something. You know, yeah. people are I, – I, for one, believe that people are, are internally good and they're looking for other reasons externally to be even better. And this is a time of the year where you really want to get that part out of you, even if it means being just a little bit vulnerable, to give a little extra and to feel the same in return sometimes. So – This is a time for Andy, someone who is so sheltered, uh, I mean, grounded and guarded because she's been hurt in the past. She doesn't want to hurt, but she's also afraid that she's going to be hurt even more if she uh, allows the situation to happen again. Mm -hmm. 
And I think you're right, too. The idea of wanting to get that sort of feeling of hope and connection back means that you got to give a little bit of it out there. But that's the whole, like, trust and being, like, putting yourself out there to make some kind of connection with a person, which can be, that can be really terrifying sometimes. Of course. But at the same time, you know, to make a friend, you have to be a friend. Everyone is afraid of getting hurt. But if you open up yourself first, you might just get that back and even better. And then you have a relationship to build on something very hopeful. And it's real. I think it's great. Do you think that setting it in Christmas just like further drives that point home in this story? Definitely. And um for a writer who also kind of has an issue with believing in hope around the holidays, this is kind of me saying to people who read this and whoever gets this message, it's really okay to just let go and be hopeful, especially during this time of year, because everyone wants that kind of love and attention and connection to each other. So be what you want to see in the world. Yeah. You know, if you, this may be very personal, but you said, of course, you like setting it at Christmas because it's a time where you maybe can feel alone. And do you want to talk more about that? Like what the holidays mean to you? Mm, I, I can. I mean, um, I would love to really bother me. I would uh, love to hear about it, honestly. Um, I kind of separated from my background a little bit, not just with, not because of the moving around a lot, but because of my perspective started to change so much that simple things that start to make people celebrate, I got detached from, if that makes any sense. Well, okay. like, like what? Um, I guess Christmas itself. And why would we, why would we celebrate a date on a calendar if we didn't feel the celebration from within? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So like seeing it as like an obligation instead mm-hmm. of doing it for like more pure reasons. When you don't really have that kind of family to celebrate with or they don't believe in the same thing it's like what are you really celebrating if you're not living life with others who kind of join you in the same thing wouldn't it just be buying a bunch of objects decorating your house and passing another day with the decorations rather than the holiday itself Mm -hmm. bring that belief bring that spirit back instead of just you know the material or the materialistic aspect behind it. Right. Bring back the, the spirit of love. Bring back the belief right. in good. I mean, that's very powerful in and of itself. Serge, I think that's yeah. extremely pure. I think that's extremely sincere. Yeah. Thank you. I Does... got nothing but the truth. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's much appreciated. Yeah, for sure. Because we bring the bullshit to the show. <laughs> and when it's people like you who really set it all out on the table for us. Well, we're thinking about reading a selection from uh, your script today. So um, we're going to just pot you down for a little bit, and we're going to dive into your script, and we'll be back with you in just a few moments. Great. Okay, hang on. Uh, So we're about to do scene five, which is this is after Andy has met Santa Claus. She woke up in the middle of the night. Santa's in her place. There's cookies out. He's decorating. She's pulled her gun and says, we're going, dude. Get in my car. I'm driving you to the station because this you you broke into my house. I do. I just want to say real quick that I love the fact that like the Santa is decorating her apartment. I like that. too. That's if you wake up and there's like a jolly Santa mm-hmm. hanging up tinsel and stuff. It sounds so cute. Well, it's the exact opposite of what the Grinch did too. He was yanking all the stuff down. <laughs> and, and I think back like old like old timey Santa used to like bring the tree. Also, it wasn't just about presents. Oh, that's so fun. Like old timey Santa would like you. I think he'd my, bring the spirit. Yeah, you'd go to bed that eat Christmas Eve, and then there was nothing really going on. Then you woke up the next day, and there's the tree, and there's maybe some lights and candles, and maybe a couple presents, and uh, uh, maybe a good meal, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It was really a real zero to sixty kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah. 
Well, listeners, today we're going to have Jack reading. You already know this. Jack's reading for Santa. He's doing a Santa dance. I get to play Santa. I'm going to be reading Andy, and Frank here is going to be doing our uh, stage directions. Hi, Frank. Hi. What's going on? Do you, are you excited about a script about Santa Claus? Not as excited as you. <laughs> That's yeah, Okay. Fair <laughs> I don't know how that would be possible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't like your sarcastic tone, Frank. We're about to do a Santa story here. Um, Allison, for our uh, readers who lis- listeners who are reading... Which uh, page and scene are we doing? Okay, so we are on scene five, interior car night. And for our readers, definitely not for me, where are we stopping? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's thoughtful that you're Six, asking seven, for the readers to, uh, so everyone knows exactly what's uh, going to be going on. That's extremely so thoughtful. we read all the way through scene nine, and we stop with Andy's last line, not a liar, she means well, but face okay. the fact. No spoiler alerts for the friends at home. So Frank, whenever you're ready, take it away. Interior night. Andy begins driving Santa to the station. He is too quiet in the back seat, which makes Andy a little guilty. What were you doing in my apartment? Decorating. Cut the act. What were you really doing? Your mother requested my services. Services. I highly doubt that. The last thing I need is whatever this is. But she did. She wished and wished for her daughter to have happiness this Christmas. I wanted to see why her daughter wasn't happy. And... Now we're here. My mom told you to put new batteries in my dancing Santa? That's a new one. (laughs) Not exactly. Andy's childhood home. Day. It's Christmas Day, the house decorated for Christmas. Harold has given Andy, seven, a dancing Santa toy. Delighted, she dances along with it. Harold and Martha join her in the dancing. Interior. Car. Later. Andy continues driving to the station, grimacing at the memory. I don't even know why I keep that thing. I think you do. Why didn't you go to the party? It's too late. Interior, Andy's childhood home, day. Andy, 13, walks into her home excited. Her parents are throwing a party. The living room is filled with friends of both Harold and Martha. Harold and Martha are verbally fighting. There's a bottle of liquor across the room. It hits the wall, barely missing Martha's head. Besides, I'm not much of a party-goer. People at the party begin leaving, walking past a stunned Andy. Interior, car, night. Never was. That's too bad. Turducken's your favorite. Andy chuckles dryly and rolls her eyes. I doubt Mom even made it. Probably just made Michael's favorite meatloaf or Chad's ham with pineapple rings. Andy, are you calling your mom a liar? Not a liar. She means well, but face the facts. She's no better than Dad in that she doesn't mean what she says. And scene. Scene. Serge, there's a lot of, I mean, very intense and very specific and, you know, without being over the top, a lot of, like, real feeling like human emotions that that feel like they have happened to a million people a million times over. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. I feel like there's a Um, real human connection there, yeah. Yeah, it means a lot to me that you can actually see that from a page without it on a screen. So thank you for that. Um, is um, I, I really love the character, Andy. She feels so much, and she's obviously struggling with what she's feeling, and she doesn't want to feel what she feels. And this is one sign that this is a, a character that I wish we can have more on screen, someone who struggles who doesn't want to struggle. Mm. You know, we all have that mask that we put up as a front because we're saying to other people that we're hurt, but we can't say it directly because, you know, we don't know where to go to for help sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like this scene a lot, too, because Santa starts kind of 
poking and prodding into what it is about her that is hurt. You know, just in a very simple conversation, he's able to get information out of her about her mother, about what it means to her to be alone on Christmas. We see some of her history there. And so you talk about her not wanting to hurt. And do you think she's just looking for the right person to help her to safety or happiness or wholeness? I think she's looking for someone to hear her out because um, through the flashbacks in the script, she, when she was younger, she tried to say what bothers her. And then she sort of became a person to just get used to the pain and not even deal with it herself. She just throws it under a rug because she knows it's going to happen again. Well, yeah, and I think she's got, I mean, you know, even though she's sort of the one maybe pushing people away in recent years as an adult or whatever, she's got some legitimate, really frustrating elements when she was a child. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. And even though Santa even tries to convert later when he tells her it's better that he throws bottle than throwing fists, it still doesn't really make her better because she kind of got numb to the fact that this is the way her dad's going to be. Mm-hmm. And even though she explodes when he asks for the Netflix password, she doesn't want him to be that way. A frustrating element, too, because, I mean, her mom and dad have since gone on to sort of start a a family 2.0 and so like she's got there's got to be feelings where she's like oh so like she was the rough draft yeah yeah her dad has a family her mom has a family and she was like wait i had a family before and now which one's my family where do i belong where do i fit in right and she wants to but it's it's not easy to identify exactly where she where her roots are and when you're talking about setting a story like this on christmas eve on christmas day when there is like you talked about that pressure of being obligated to celebrate this capital h holiday like if you do have feelings like because everybody tells you yeah this is the time you're supposed to be with family and and all this but if you've got issues like she's got in this story where she had a crappy childhood to a certain extent and is resentful about things now that just sort of compounds the level of frustration with everything Exactly. Where do you go when you can't really rely on your family, the people who essentially brought you into this world? And even now, when you try to come to them after you've matured and as an an adult, and they're not clearly there for you, what would you do? And this uh, this is what I was trying to discuss in the script, that even though these things happen, it's still good to hang on to hope, because you don't know the other perspectives, again, of other people and the little details of what who's trying to say and how they feel about things and their own personal strengths and weaknesses. Not everything is bad. There's no such thing as, like, essentially bad or good. There's so much happening, we just have to take a step back and look at all the data. Right. And by the end of this script, after yep. she's she she's driving around, she's got Santa with her, and she starts to sort of soften up to him being in the car, and she pulls off to, to get a cup of coffee, and he's sort of interested in getting a cocoa. Jack and I, real quick, I'm moving my mic around. We're going to read four lines from the script. Oh, sure. You're going to play Santa again, Jack. Okay. Because this is so poignant for what we've been talking about. Okay. So I'll, I'll start right here, okay? Mm-hmm. All I see is my mom holding a stranger's hand and being happy without me. Is she happy without you if she reaches out to you? Clearly, she's still missing a piece. I don't know how to see what you do. I can barely unsee what I lived. Then don't force it. Let go. Trust all that is good inside you. Believe. Yeah, geez, there's... there's that's, it's, it's like right there that's the on the page. The it's, ugh, it's so gorgeous. And then, of course, she goes to get a cup of coffee. She comes back feeling a little bit more optimistic. And Santa... Gone. Gone. Up the chimney he rose, or up up the maybe exhaust pipe he rose. 
Who knows? <laughs> or the maybe the, the moon roof. <laughs> Up the moon roof he rose. He hopped in an Uber. I'm getting out of He's here. He's getting some hot burritos down the street. <laughs> My lift is here. I'm leaving. <laughs> no, Jack, His so lift funny. is a reindeer, obviously. <laughs> I do. So at the end, of course, Santa just disappears. And, you know, when we talk more about it, we can see this manifestation of goodness and hope coming out of here. Um, why did you decide to end it this way? Did you have any other ending? Or did this just fit exactly what you needed to do in terms of the believ- the believability you you're trying to put into the script? There you go. Yeah, it was actually the perfect ending. Um, I got some feedback, it being a cheap and predictable ending, but she's no longer around the situation of how she feels, how her mother is, and what the situation is. So now that Santa kind of brought that to her face, he doesn't need to be around anymore. Now it's her turn to act on a possible future. Yeah, he married Poppinster. <laughs> Pretty much. Which, you know what, so if we're real quick, getting back to your to your whole spirit science thing, if you want to talk about, and because we, we keep talking in this script about it being Santa Claus with her, but right. for for your uh, your point of entry on this, the way you wrote it is, it's he's maybe this is some sort of spirit that's taken the form of Santa to help this person during this very specific time. Here we go, spirit science, boom, Mary Poppins. Also, boom, Pete's Dragon. I love that movie. Uh, I do too, and it's the same. It's the idea yeah. of this sort of help from above yep. coming down to in a moment of need. Yep. I mean, that's exactly it because he any in the spirit science realm, the whole idea is we help ourselves, even if the beings just guide us to an option that we can make to make our lives better. They will not override our will to make it better for us. They just lead us there and go, "Hey, where do you want to go?" And that's mm-hmm. exactly what Andy did. She's like, where I really want to be is with my family. And my family right now is my mom because she's the one who reached out and cared. Therefore, I'm going to make contact with her to further connect, you know, those emotions back into me. Yeah. Even though she Wholesome. might have been a negative force before, it's like, let's give you another chance and let's have a connection, good or bad, rather than a disconnection of not being there at all. Right. This um, Also, Kent Malloy's script, where Into the Sunset, into the sunset. this guy manifests his wife into another character who mm-hmm. leads him to make a clear choice of letting her go or living with what has happened to him. You're right. With wholesome results at the end because your spirit guide is taking you there. Also, in terms of Harry Potter world, uh-huh. my okay. I my who uh, <laughs> my spirit animal is a rhinoceros. Okay, in Harry Potter world. Okay, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Is that good? That's good. Is it good to be have that? I, well, it's very specific to who you are as a person. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. thanks, the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Serge, you mentioned the idea of uh, just a little bit of guidance. And, you know, Santa is in the car talking to her all throughout this drive and throughout most of the script. But he's never like he there's a little bit of guidance that he's giving. He's never he never really gives her the hard sell. I, there, mm-hmm. There's a few things that he's taken aback by, but he's never like browbeating her into you should call your mom. It's not a guilt thing. Exactly. And she's the one who's driving. He's in the back seat. Right. Right. Sometimes we, you know, we're always the ones who are driving, but we need someone in the back to navigate us a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I definitely think that. So what's happening with the script right now? You shopping it around? You sharing it? Sending it to script shop to get some talky yes, talks on it? It got entered in. Uh, am I allowed to say the festival name? Of course or? you are. Yes, please. please. Okay, so I put it in Holly Shorts Page um, International DC's Webfest the screenplay competition where it actually placed in the top 13. Um, it got into, uh, it's also doing Tokyo or not Tokyo, but the liftoff festival runs. I believe I put it into 26 festivals so far. Cool. 
That sounds great. That's great. And it ultimately is the goal to get this produced? Yes, in any way, shape, or form. That's great. Mm-hmm. Do you do do you produce your work as well, usually? I do not. What I've also done with these scripts, because they were, um, or my, my the short scripts that I've made recently were made for my undergrad thesis, so I give them to directing classes cool. so the students cool. may direct them. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that, that, that give back idea I think is fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, because they're, you know, they're aspiring filmmakers as well. And I want to give back to the community. And I said, here, take this script. And if you would like to produce it, feel free to. So that sounds awesome. Yeah. And then you get to see your words living up on the screen. That amazing feeling comes back out where you're sharing with a community of people what you had inside of you. Oh, definitely. And especially if the directors have even more to add on to it or relate to the story and would like to add their own personality into it. I'm very much looking forward to the outcome of that. Collaboration is the name of the game. For yeah, just sure. another layer. You're that, I think that's what because a lot of times, you know, I mean, there's other people who have written something and they've put a lot of heart and soul into it. And this piece of writing means so much to them. And maybe they're less willing to let somebody else, you know, put their own spin on it or make changes. And I, I love the idea that you're welcoming seasoning into the pot as you can find. Of course. Otherwise, this would not have been a screenplay. It would have been just a normal short story. But I definitely want other people's inputs, you know, humanity. Let's go. Connection. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly what we're doing here on Script Shop. So Let's if somebody humans. wanted to get in touch with you to connect about your work, what's the best way for them to contact you? Email, phone, find me on social media. My name, Serge Magnavox, is pretty much all my tags. So it's very easy to find me. Okay. And we'll have some kind of uh, email contact available uh, on our portion of the website, on our portion of the web anyway, on uh, scriptshopshow.com. Definitely. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Serge, thank you so much for coming on. Thank it's you for sending us your awesome work. awesome talking to you it's about great. this. I love learning about your work and your perspective, so thanks for sharing. Yes, thank you very much for having me and featuring this script. <laughs> thanks so much. Keep us updated on things as, as we move ahead, okay? Definitely. Awesome. Well, there we go. That was great. That was great. I do love this like wholesome spiritual look here because it's spiritual, but things come all the way back around. Mm-hmm. She is so thoughtful about what she's putting into this work. Yeah, and I love it. I love uh, you know it, it's so easy to get bogged down in cynicism, and uh, and this is something that I find myself struggling with a lot. And on we talked about the idea of pressure around Christmas to feel a certain way, right? And, but it also like maybe let go of some of that crap and be like, yeah, you know what? I really do just want to enjoy things and yeah. see something that's happy, and I don't need some sort of mind blowing twist of an ending. I just want something that feels true. Yes, I'm excited about having a baby at Christmas, not a baby oh, at Christmas, gosh. but having a baby at Christmases now for yeah. the next few years you're gonna well you're gonna get baby presents at christmas also that's well that's nice <laughs> ha 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 you're gonna ha. put her you're gonna put her in like one of those little dresses with like the red and the white uh flannel yeah sort of coloring the, on it. my uh sister-in-law and i uh are already planning to get matching christmas dresses for our tiny children oh, those first few years like you know you get to see olive like you know see things and now have christmas become a thing right. holy cow that's amazing well in terms of um search talked about not really connecting with christmas but in terms of that spirit for me it will be a lot about family creating a, a special time around that will be so fun for me yeah and geez and now and you get to now live what your parents had when they had children yep. and what see christmas through their eyes through her eyes yeah it's mind-blowing mind-blowing and deep in ways that i re- i can't even wrap my head around well you know you will have a little child maybe one day so jack's looking ladies 
This um, is all going to get cut out. <laughs> not, I'm not using script shop I to meet people. I hate when you cut out these parts. I'm not They're doing that. so funny. I'm not doing that. <laughs> if you have written something that uh, matters to you in potentially a mind-blowing, honest way, uh, you can send it to us. You can send it to us, uh, scriptshopshow.com slash submit. You can also find us on Film Freeway and get us uh, scripts there. And if when you do submit to us, uh, if you tweet about it or post about it on Facebook, if you include the phrase that pays a hot burrito, that will move you to the front of the line because we have had we've been very we fortunate. Have, we have a we have over a thousand scripts waiting for us to read them, and we're reading them. We're working through we're working things. On it. It's awesome. Um, but you know what? If you listen to the show, we just want to know that you are listening and kind of uh, give back a little bit to what you've given us. So yeah. hashtag hot burrito or burritos, depending on how hungry you are. Yes, and we'll read your script ASAP. And get back to you again as soon as possible. So. And ASAP. <laughs> There's also various ways to connect with us online, uh, conversationally on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, Script Shop Show is what you want to look up. You can also leave us a rating or a review, uh, subscribe, hit the notification bell. I'm trying to say all the phrases. What's up, fam? Like all the, fra- like all the online <laughs> phrases about like what you get to do to get people to help you out with clicks and stuff. That's funny. Thumbs up. Link yeah. in the description. If you um, care about me, <laughs> share this video. Going on a guilt trip now. <laughs> Well, we can't wait to connect with you. We look out for you on the internet. Come to Cincinnati and talk with us. So What? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but okay, sure. <laughs> just, somebody's showing up. At... Hey, Jack, hey, a, a big fan. What's up? I'm like, I'm wearing a bathrobe. Just like, hey, how are you? That'll be a fun day. Let's definitely not do that. Uh, and even though, listeners, I don't want you to, I don't want to end this show because it's so funny. We Bing have bong. to. Oh, hey, who's this? <laughs> Oh, hey, look, our fans are outside. What's up, everybody? It's great. Okay, until next week, that's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West, hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley, produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, Script